Folks, that wonderful Bible is the mind of God in print. It's your traveling companion through life. It's a wealth of wisdom for every problem that you could possibly go through. It speaks to our hearts and to our minds. It really does speak. Folks, would you take your Bible, please, and open to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Folks watching at home, make sure you have your Bible. Open up your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. Everyone here is opening their Bible, so you do that. Don't let us do all the work. Hebrews chapter 11. And our scripture reading is going to be verse 1, and then verse 24 to 27. 24 to 27. So chapter 11, verse 1, and then verse 24 to 27. Well, folks here in the auditorium, could I ask you to stand, please, as we read God's Word? I think it shows a more honor and respect to the Word of God. So let's begin with verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You may take your seats now. Today we want to discuss this subject about seeing the invisible. And uh, boy, what an exciting story uh, about Moses and seeing the invisible. Back in 1938, two comic book writers and illustrators named uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. They got together and they invented a brand new uh, comic character that no one had ever seen before. And they called it Superman. And back then, he wasn't able to do the things he's able to do now on the movies, but um, he, could, uh, he could run faster, than a speeding bullet or something. He could leap tall buildings. He wasn't able to fly back then, so Superman has evolved a little bit, I think, over the years. Uh, however, one of the powers of Superman was to be able to see through things, and he could see things that were hidden, and he had X-ray vision. That's what they called it. Now, uh, most of us, at some point, would have thought, boy, that would be cool to have x-ray vision, you know. Then I could maybe uh, see, you know, what's happening behind that wall over there. Or I could see if uh, there's a, you know, a mean dog or something um, behind that door. Um, of course, people want x-ray vision for other worldly uh, reasons as well that we're not going to get into. But Superman is sort of an example of someone who was able to see things that others couldn't see. 
And that's just comics. That's all it is. And um, we ought to concern ourselves more with the reality that God has put us in. And we live in a very three-dimensional world. And uh, we cannot fly like Superman. And we don't have x-ray vision. We don't have any of that. God has put these limitations on us. And for good reasons, too. If we had some of these superpowers, the world would be in a mess. It would be. We would just be in a horrible mess. And so, for our own good, God has limited us in many ways. But I want you to know that there is something that born-again believers can do that other people cannot do. We have the ability to see the invisible. Now here again in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 27, it says, By faith he, that's Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Now pause there for a moment. Moses, in trying to help the cause of the children of Israel, he saw uh, an Egyptian man uh, hurting, oppressing, maybe whipping, I don't know, um, a Hebrew man. And so Moses looked this way and that way, and no one was watching. No one, he, he thought no one could see, so he murdered the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And the next day, Moses goes out again to see what other good he can do. And he saw these two Hebrew guys in an argument. And he went and he tried to break it up. Hey, fellas, you're brothers. You shouldn't be arguing. And one of them turned to him and says, what are you going to do? Kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? And right away, Moses knew the jig was up. And so he feared for his life and he took off. But the king, the pharaoh, the king there, would have had Moses arrested and put to death for uh, for what he did. But verse 27 says, He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses had a few problems. He wasn't a perfect man. But one thing he had was faith. Even at that point in his life, he had faith. And by faith, he was able to do something that people with no faith cannot do. Faith is one of our greatest allies. And last year, I, I was looking back on the sermons I preached, and I realized I, I preached a bunch about faith. And the reason I did it was because of the COVID that we were all coming through. And I felt the Lord telling me to preach about faith. Well, here we are, our first Sunday back. And it seems to me that we need faith if we're going to go through 2022. Now, I've spent uh, about 47 years trying and studying and learning to see the invisible. There's a lot I don't see, but there is some I do see. And it's something that any born-again man, woman, or young person can do. And we do it by faith. Now, we're going to have a word of prayer in just a moment, but turn back a few pages, please, to the book of Colossians. Go back there to Colossians and go to chapter number 1. Colossians chapter number 1. 
And look at verse 15. Colossians 1 and 15. It's referring to Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. The invisible God. Um, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. This is by Jesus. All things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. And look, visible and invisible. So did you know there are things created that are visible and there are things created that are invisible? God is telling us right off, there are visible things and invisible things. And I'm here to tell you that it's high time that we believers start to learn how to see the invisible. I believe that with all my heart. Moses learned how to do it. We need to do it. Did you know that because of COVID. Now, this is, these figures I'm giving you are just in the United States. I don't have the figures for Canada. Maybe it's about one-tenth. But in the United States, 200,000 businesses have closed their door because of COVID. 200,000 businesses with varying number of employees. They've closed their doors because of COVID. Did you know that 60,000 churches have closed their doors? That's 20% of the churches in America have closed their doors because of COVID. Did you know that 350 million people worldwide have contracted COVID and 5.6 million people have died because of COVID? Uh, serious, serious situation if you ask me. And so I'm suggesting if we're going to make it through 2022, if we are going to endure, if we're not going to close up, it's going to be because of faith. That's how we're going to do it, folks. Now let's have a word of prayer and I want to get into this exciting subject with you. Heavenly Father, help us now Open the eyes of our understanding that we may see your will and, and better understand this idea of faith and seeing the invisible. Heavenly Father, we do also pray that if there be one person here in the auditorium, we have a good number of people here, but even one person who has not yet received Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior, they would do so today. Maybe it's one of the children. If there be someone watching online or watching this broadcast and they've never yet received Christ as Savior, help them to do that today and not put it off. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's talk about this. In verse 16 of Colossians, it says that there are things visible and invisible. And all these things are created and created for the glory of God too, I might add. Well, what are some of these things? Well, I threw together a little, sort of a very little list, a little thumbnail scratching here. The human brain is a visible thing. But an idea is an invisible thing. Would we agree on that? I was told a humorous story once years ago about a Christian fellow who went to a college, secular college, and the professor who 
totally godless man. He stood up and, and this was in a medical class. He said, students, he says, I've operated on thousands of bodies. I've dissected the brains thousands of times and I have never, ever seen a soul or a spirit and therefore I conclude they don't exist. The Christian student raised his hand. Yes, young man. Sir, if we would dissect your brain, would we find an idea that stopped him dead in his tracks? Because there are things visible and things invisible. A brain is a visible thing, but an idea is an invisible thing, isn't it? Of course it is. Um, a man falling down is a visible thing. Okay? How many here have ever had a fall? Raise your hand if you've fallen down. Now, some of you haven't raised your hand. So, <clears throat> it makes us wonder. But, falling down is a visible thing, but gravity, the gravity that pulled you down is an invisible thing. Would you agree with that? Who here has seen gravity? It's invisible. And yet, it seems to pull all bodies toward the center of the earth. God's design. God designed the visible and the invisible. Another example is the spark of electricity. We've all seen it. The spark of electricity, that's a visible thing you can see. But the force behind the electricity remains invisible. Another example, the human body. Now we would know this as believers. The human body is a visible thing, but the soul and the spirit are totally invisible. And as believers, we understand that. But these are just a couple of illustrations of the visible and the invisible. And I'm here to tell you that God wants us to see not just the visible, but he wants us to see some of the invisible. Now, there will be invisible things that we won't get to see until at least we get to heaven, but there are some invisible things that we can see here and now. And the title of the message is Seeing the Invisible. Moses did it. We can do it too. Now you're in Colossians. Turn back a few pages to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1. And here's another good verse. Romans chapter 1. And I'd like you to look here, please. Now the passage sort of begins at verse 18 about the wrath of God revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. But verse 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This is talking essentially about unsaved people who are denying the existence of God, and yet God has, has proven his existence through creation. Uh, if you're wearing a watch, that's an intelligent design. It's a beautiful uh, mechanism, be it mechanical or be it quartz with a battery inside, but it's still a wonderful thing, a wonderful design. And to say that that evolved is absolute garbage. No, an intelligent design requires an intelligent designer. Every watch, every cell phone, has had oftentimes teams, a lot of men and women who are very good at what they do, designing and putting together that cell phone you have 
or that watch you wear on your wrist. What God is saying here in Romans chapter 1 is that you look around at nature and creation, the birds that fly and the fish that swim, and the, uh, the animals, the, the trees, uh, nature. You look at the microscope and you start to zoom in on tiny little things. And it used to be, hundreds of years ago, it used to be thought that the closer, the smaller you could look, the simpler things would become. But now, they're saying, no, it's the opposite. The more you zoom in on these little things, the more complex they are. You've all seen these pictures of the coronavirus, that round ball with all the spikes on it. You can't see that with the human eye. You need some kind of super-duper microscope to be able to, to come close to seeing it and the intricacy of it. And the, you're just seeing the outside of it. Imagine going in even deeper. Wow. The design. It's incredible. And to say all this just happened by chance. Boy, I tell you, it takes more faith to believe that than to believe in an almighty, sovereign God, a creator. It, it, it's easier to believe that God exists looking at the creation. Darwin with his Darwinian evolution theory. And that's all it ever was, was a theory of evolution. That's it. When he studied the human eye, he had no answer. The human eye is so complex. If you've ever been into your eye doctor, your ophthalmologist or someone, and you ask them, how complicated is the eye? They'll tell you. It is, they still don't understand all there is to know about the human eye. It is amazing the human eye. And Darwin, he had no answer for the... He had no way to explain how the eye evolved because the truth is it didn't. It didn't evolve. Now, I'm not a leading expert on that subject, but I have listened to leading experts and I believe they're right. It all goes back to a sovereign God. The visible is evidence of the invisible. Moses saw the invisible. And you and I can as well. Moses endured by seeing the invisible. For Christian people, throughout their lives, they're learning more and more how to see the invisible. Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now, your Bible is another example of the visible and the invisible. You remember I've told you the story before about a young lady who bought a book that was supposed to be a, a bestseller and she, she took it home, she started reading this book and she said, this is a dumb book. The plot seems dumb and the characters seem dumb. And so she closed it and she fired it in a drawer and closed the drawer. Six months later, she's at a social gathering, different people, and she meets this nice young man and, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, nice to meet you. And they... They get to know each other. What do you do for a living? He says, I'm a writer. She says, oh, wh what have you written? And he names the name of that book that she bought six months ago. <gasps> well, she went home that night and she found that book and started reading it again. And now the book had new meaning to her because she met the author. There may have been a time in your life when the Bible to you was just a stuffy old book. 
Maybe you grew up and you, were, you thought that the Bible was outdated because someone told you it was outdated. And so you thought, well, that makes sense to me. It was written thousands of years ago. It must be outdated. But you'd never read it. And then one day you came and you met the author. You invited Jesus into your heart. Now all of a sudden, that book has new meaning. And it ought to. Folks, that wonderful Bible is the mind of God in print. It's your traveling companion through life. It's a wealth of wisdom for every problem that you could possibly go through. It speaks to our hearts and to our minds. It really does speak. It convicts us of sin when we go astray. It teaches us about God and heaven and so much, much, much more. When I was in Bible college, one of my buddies who had been there one year before me he said, uh, last year when you, when you weren't here, he said, we had a guest speaker. And he said, oh, it was this old guy. <laughs> I'm getting to learn a little bit that it's not that old. And so he said, it was this old guy. And he stood up in chapel and he said, I've been studying the Bible for 50 years. And now at last, I'm at a point in my life where I can really study the Bible. And he said, my fr friend said to me, when he said that, it just oh, took the wind out of their sails. What? Well, I mean, I've got to wait 50 years before I can... No, it's not that way. But it's very true that this book never loses its vitality and its beauty. And even after 50 years, you're still learning things. We'll never plumb the depth of the Bible because its author is God Almighty. There's no human alive that knows all there is to know about the Bible. And praise the Lord, that's a good evidence. You know, if you could pick up the works of Einstein and understand everything that Einstein wrote, well, that's possible. That would be human. If you could pick up and read all of the works of Shakespeare so that you understood everything about Shakespeare, well, that's possible, I suppose, because that's a human thing. But to pick up the Bible and try to understand everything there is to know about the Bible, it's not going to happen. Because its author is God Almighty. There are depths to that book. Wow. We'll only start scratching the surface when we get into eternity. Well, this is all because we've learned to see the invisible. If you're here today or you're watching online and you're born again, then you already see some of the invisible. You see the need of salvation. You already understand salvation and you can see what it is and you see that the world needs salvation. You also see the, the invisible uh, heaven. You've never been there, but you also understand it and believe it and you know you're going there one day and you also understand the invisible hell and the fact that lost people, even though they may be real nice people, they die and they lift up their eyes in a Christless eternity, a place called hell. And that's an invisible truth that you also see. So we really do see some of the invisible, don't we? It's true. Now, when Goliath stood and threatened Israel, the Jews standing there that day, all they could see was a great big nine and a half foot monster, an undefeatable foe. That's all they could see. And they, they ran from him. They were afraid of him. When little teenage David came, why, well, he saw the visible, that's for sure. 
But he also saw the invisible hand of God. And he said, who is this dog? Who is this uncircumcised dog cursing the armies of God? And he said, is there not a cause? And of course, you know the story how by faith he went after Goliath and he won. Oh, the Bible has so many stories of men and women who overcame because they saw the invisible. They could see it. In Psalm 119, verse 18, it says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God is actually wanting for you and I to see more of the invisible. Why? Because the more of the invisible we see, the more useful we are in his hands. The more of the invisible we see, the less in love with this world we will be. When we start seeing the great, wonderful, invisible things of God, we're not going to be satisfied with what this world has to offer. And folks, that's the best way to attain holiness, if you ask me. Some Christians, they want to be holy. They know they're not, but they think, man, I got to be. And so they grunt and groan and they, they look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, now, fellow, listen to me today. today. You messed up yesterday, but today you are going to walk a holy, a holy walk with God. And then they fail again. The world has such a, a drawing card that calls to them. And before they know it, they have worldly thoughts. And they're getting involved with the world again. And then they get on their knees and they repent again. Is there no hope? Of course there is. It's seeing the invisible. You know what? Someone has said that if we could be taken and dangled over the pit of hell for five minutes so that we see and we hear and we smell all what's going on in hell, it would change our lives forever. 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 We'd be looking at people and saying, are they saved or are they lost? Forever. We'd be looking for ways to share our faith and invite more people to Jesus Christ. Well, God's not about to do that to us. I'm sure if God ever did that to us, we'd have nightmares. We'd go psychotic maybe. Hell is such an unbelievable, horrible place. But by faith, we can see some of what goes on in hell. In fact, Luke chapter 16, you've got the rich man and, and Lazarus. And that gives us a little peek behind the curtain. But the idea is the more we see the invisible, the less we're going to be enticed by the world. So you see, it's really to our benefit. And God is wanting us to see the invisible. Now, let me give you a couple of quick examples of this. Number one, our parents. Young people, they, they look up and they see the visible humans that birthed them into the world. Well, that's my mom, that's my dad. And sure, that's good, that's proper. They can see the visible. But can they see the invisible? What do you mean? An invisible dad? No, I'm not talking about an invisible mom or an invisible dad. I believe God wants young people to see the invisible, that parents are God's gift to the children, that parents are God's blessing, authority, protection for the young people. Let's look at this, shall we? Let's go back to the Old Testament and go to Deuteronomy. Now that's a challenge for some people, maybe. 
nobody here, of course. Where's Deuteronomy, anyhow? Is there a Deuteronomy? Oh, yes, there is a Deuteronomy. It's got to be here somewhere. Well, we'll start at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Oh, there it is, Deuteronomy. And we're going to go to chapter number 5. Deuteronomy chapter number 5. Now, here is the Word of God pulling the curtain back, allowing us to see the invisible. In chapter 5 and verse number 16. Now, I'd like you to read this out loud with me, would you? Help me out here. Deuteronomy 5, 16. Read it together with me. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged and it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So here's, here's the scoop. If you honor your mom and your dad, don't speak evil of them. Don't talk behind their back and my old lady, my old man, this, that, and the other thing. Don't do that. Even if you're all growing up, even if, even if your mom and dad are gone, they're dead. They're gone. Don't speak evil of them. Speak good of them. Honor them. Put up their picture and honor them. Ah, but my old man, he was a drunkard and he used to beat my, my mother. I believe you. I do. But I'm telling you what God wants to do for you. If you'll just put away some of the, the evil thoughts... And just say, well, I may not understand it, but I thank God I had parents. If it wasn't for that man, that, that woman, my mom and dad, I wouldn't be here. And by faith, honor your parents. Then God will see that and he will reward you and he will bless you. Now this is a, a truth spoken in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians. Children, honor your parents. Obey your parents. So, Here's an invisible truth, and it's not that hard to see, but we do it by faith. I never had perfect parents, but I'll tell you a little secret. My children don't have perfect parents either. Imagine that. My mom and dad, they messed up on a few things, but if you were to ask my kids and they were to be honest with you, they'd say, yeah, my dad, he messed up. He messed up here and there. Well, what do we do? We stop focusing on this little offense and that little thing and that thing over there. We stop focusing on that and we start focusing on what God says. Just honor them. If your mom and dad are still alive, praise the Lord. Honor them. You can honor them with a phone call, a visit is even nicer. You can honor them with flowers on Mother's Day and a necktie on Father's Day. <laughs> Find ways to honor. Start seeing the invisible. And you watch how God will bless you. Moses endured. God helped him to endure. How? Because he saw the invisible. And you and I can do that too. Now, while we're talking about family, there's moms and dads, there's an invisibility, but did you know that there's an invisible part about children as well? Did you know that? There's, you know, my, my kids, they're Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? You know, or Winkin', Blinkin', and Nod. Or what are those other famous seven kids? Sleepy, Grumpy, Dopey, Doc, Happy, Bashful, and there's another one in there somewhere. But you get what I'm saying. You can have one child or seven children. 
And did you know there's an invisible part about those children? Now, as a parent, you say, oh, boy, tell me about invisible kids. Whenever anything goes wrong, my kids disappear. Well, that's not the invisibility we're talking about. We're talking about that invisible part that God has put in children. You mean my, my little runt, my little so-and-so, my little guy, little girl, little guy? There's some invisible part. Yes, there is. And if we as parents will see that, then there's a blessing there for us. Now, I'd like you to see this in Psalms. So go to Psalm, would you please? Psalm 127. It's a verse you're familiar with. Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Now we start here in verse number 3. Verse 3. In fact, would you help me? Would you help me please and read verse 3 and 4 out loud. Folks at home, you do it too. Psalm 127. Let's read together verse 3 and 4. Let's begin. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. That verse number four, you're familiar with it, you've read it, you've heard it being read, but there's a great truth, a hidden truth here. Now you look at the mighty man, the man of war out on the battlefield, and he's got his bow, and he reaches, and oops, where's his arrows? Is he in trouble, yes or no? Yeah, it sounds like it. What are you going to do with a bow? Maybe throw it at the enemy? He'll pick it up and put an arrow in it and fire it back at you. The man with the bow needs the arrows. He needs the arrows so that he can survive. He needs the arrows so that they can overcome the bad guy. So those arrows are very important for the man on the battlefield. And God is making a comparison. As parents, moms and dads, we need our kids if we want to be successful going through life and we want to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, God has given us children like arrows. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Now those of you who've been parents for any length of time, you know it, that you've learned new skills because of your kids. You know that's true. You know that you have changed. Your heart even has changed from before you had children to after you have children. The first time you, you held your first child in your arms and you looked down into this scrawny little face and maybe, who knows, the, the baby was smiling. Often they don't at that point. You know, their, their little nose is all screwed up and their eyes, you know, and their little mouth and they're crying or something. But you're looking at this helpless little six-pound human being and you're thinking, this is my son? This is my daughter? Wow, so this is what he looks like or she looks like. And then you're thinking, I wonder what they're, they're going to grow up to be. And you have all these different thoughts, right? And so then God blesses you with a second one or maybe a third one or maybe your tenth one or something. But all those children, God uses them in the life of the parent so that we can be more of what God wants us to be. Uh, men and women who, 
who have been able to bring children into the world and raise them up, you know, they seem to have wisdom. They seem to have um, extra compassion. They seem to have extra smarts, you know, to sit down with them and talk to them. There's changes that happen in people's lives after they become parents. And so here's the invisible part, mom and dad, is that God has blessed you with some arrows. And so you want to make sure that they fly right in life and you want to keep them in the Lord's hands. You know, there are so many other areas of the invisible, including work, your boss at work, including church, including, well, your future husband or wife maybe, including the Jewish nation, including tithing. There are so many hidden, invisible truths. And it's so important that we learn to see the invisible so that we can overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, there's one last I want, I want to leave with you. And of course, that's the, the invisible truth of salvation. If you're here today or you're watching online, the truth is you cannot get to heaven without Jesus Christ. You cannot avoid going to hell except through an invisible Jesus who is just as real just as real as real can be, knocking on your heart's door. Our part, our responsibility, is to hear the still small voice of God, to repent of our sins, to trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, to receive Him into our heart, and to pray, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Please be my Savior. Take me to heaven one day. I'm trusting you and you only. I'm not trusting my good works. I've got none. I'm trusting you, Lord Jesus. If you've never been born again, that's the invisible truth. When I was reaching out to God back in 1974 and very early 1975, I was trying to, to do good and trying to be right. That's not the answer. Finally, a man in Montreal shared with me what he did to get saved. And all he did was repent of his sin and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, the light bulb went on for me. The very next day was Sunday, April the 6th. And that's when I repented and received Christ. That is the invisible truth that gets people saved. Now, before I pray... I want to remind you, there are other invisible truths. And listen, young people and parents also, there is an invisible truth, a benefit to Bible college. And I encourage you with my whole heart, young people, before you take off to a worldly institute of learning, and that may be where God has you be, spend a year. It goes by so fast. Spend one year. And let God ground you in one year in Bible college. Of course, there's the invisible truth of supporting missions as well. Many, most of us see that. The blessings that come when we support God's heroes 
I want to encourage you, if you're part of faith promise, please don't give up on it. Please don't forget about it. There are incredible benefits that God gives to those of us who will, by faith, support his missionaries. Let's pray now. Close our eyes. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.